Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy I'm New feeling year. motivated in this new year. I've worked out a yes. couple times. I mean, we're only one weekend. Feeling strong. Hopefully it stays. <laughs> I haven't worked out oh, yeah. yet, but I'm I motivated. The, I can see the changes already. <laughs> oh, yeah. Stab, I think you were fighting the cat more than actually working out this morning. <laughs> Literally, this cat what? was like... like this. There's like one cat in this gym at her place. Isn't that the cat that just does nothing? No, he does everything. <laughs> I actually found him on the back road and brought him over. I thought, thinking he would like stay and he was going to be my kitty. And then he ran away. And then Megan picked him up at the dump. Now he's locked in the gym. Yeah, nice. now he's locked in the gym. He ain't going nowhere. But he was like, I think cats like sense of fear. Like I swear to God. Like he's they being are, extra weird. Especially to you. And like yeah. he knew Steph didn't want him near him. So he's like, oh, I want to like mess with that woman. They do. Cats know. They're, They're crazy. They're creepy little critters. But mm-hmm. he bit me this morning. Oh, yeah. He did bite you. Yeah. Anyways, we're getting a little carried away. It is late. And we just had an amazing episode with Tana. Oh, my gosh. You guys are going to love this yeah. one. All feeling motivated. Okay. I think I might have announced this like already on the podcast, <laughs> but I got a Beamer blanket. So if you... <laughs> think that we're going to be at some of the same events then message me and i will happily do a beamer treatment for your horse or yourself and um, also if you are in the market for a beamer definitely reach out to tarla robinson um, or dynamic equine she is seriously the best to deal with she'll send you the link to order your beamer she will literally answer every question you have like oh can i beamer over a blanket which yes you can or can i beamer with this blanket no you can't can you beamer on the toilet yeah she'll take your horse and do some treatments um for you even she has many services and supplements so definitely check out dynamic equine and thank you tarla for being so awesome to work with Mm -hmm. and a longtime supporter of the pod Oh my yes. god, can you give me a shout out? Because I was she's so got good. us all into the beamer. <laughs> she does. She has us yeah. addicted. And yeah. another huge shout out. I'm so excited. I picked the best uh two, the best. two three weeks to send Ray. So I know. I'm regretting not sending Steph's yes. like, if you want to send a horse, I'll take one down there for you. <laughs> and now I'm like, Steph, why didn't I listen to you? <laughs> I know. It's yeah, seriously, because it couldn't have been better with the weather. So she's coming home next week with Stevie. Yeah. Um they been sending me pictures of her getting to enjoy the warmer weather indoors and swimming and i'm so pumped like you can just like see her like back and rump muscles working like the core Mm -hmm. working in that pool i'm so excited to see her fitness level when she gets back so yeah endurance equine they're so good there and they send you text messages send you pictures and yeah the pool water they just love your horse Maybe they oh, have yeah, some. That been, yeah. I love how their pool is so deep. Like it's it's horses working and walking mm-hmm. and it's just a little little different and yeah, super awesome to do. Yeah, with. Fame yeah. loved it the first time he went in. He said it was like under five minutes and he loved it. He was in there. That's and he cool. Was in there. Yeah. He's going again too. He's um he's with Riley McKenzie right now. And she yes. will be going down to the American. So while she's down there, Fame's going for some um, getting spoiled TLC. endurance and she yeah. had messaged back the horse poor and i think she said some of her horses were going to endurance mm-hmm. as well yeah cool. yeah yeah, yeah. Well, i get ready for the a big, gr- a big group of them going there too yeah yeah so and speaking of speaking yeah. of facilities like that steph take us into our next undeniable entry. yes undeniable equine you've definitely heard us um chat about and all the things that she offers too and that's more down in that southern bc region so mm-hmm. she has the same sort of like therapeutic um facility there but she also just rebranded her herbal supplement line um and it's caliber equine naturals and i believe we talked about it a bit on the podcast with vanessa salisbury but she uses the belly blend and 
um, a couple of us here on the pod have been talking um, to her about the belly blend specifically just to maintain a healthy gut and prevent ulcers and stuff like that, mm-hmm. especially during, you know, the on season. So that's one of the products that you can check out or even ask Vanessa for a review on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely check out Undeniable Equine and Caliber Equine Naturals as well for all your supplement yeah. or Southern BC horse fitness needs. Cool. Do you know what other line of clothes that I have been loving on lately? What? Pursue Victory. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. I want one of their shirts so bad. Shelby's looking so fly. Always posting I know. All of them I'm always like. With her <gasps> new ring. I got a new go shirt. shopping spree. Yes. Congrats, yeah. Shelby. Big so thanks pretty. to her too. She's helped, a, helped us out a lot with our show and the website and getting a lot of our technicals figured out there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So big congrats to Shelby. We're very excited for you. Yeah, yeah, honestly, like you guys, not we're we're all like just scratching the surface of people who have helped us in our podcast, and that we need like, to thank. Oh, so many people, more often, especially yeah. our listeners. Like I feel like mm-hmm. you guys have been along with the rat or been along the rat, whatever. Um, but yeah, you guys have been right there along with us, and yeah. so many encouraging words. Honestly, like we love you guys so much. We can't wait to see all your beautiful faces this summer on your pretty horses, making like the funnest runs ever. And all our new friends. Yeah, yeah. we love chatting with so you many all. Friends. It's so fun. Yep. And thank God for our, like patient significant others that are like we're like hey bye we're gone podcasting i know yeah like see you later (laughs) i was like i was starting the coffee line it's like what are you doing over there because i was also (laughs) making tea and i was like i'm i almost have the tea i'm coming he's like and he heard the the coffee maker bubbling he's like what are you making i was like coffee is someone coming over i was like yeah like they're coming tonight he's like I flipping like he didn't know. I just I <laughs> those flipping girls are yeah. coming back. <laughs> He's like, I didn't know it's tonight. I'm like, <laughs> literally, I think it's my fault because like we book these things and so many times just assume everyone else should know. <laughs> or I'll tell him like two weeks in advance and then I just forget about it yeah. and then and so does he. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, clearly. they're gonna be here in two minutes. Just so you know, <laughs> put some mm. clothes on. Yeah. Just kidding. We're on dad oh, duty. Dear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But no, we won't keep you guys from this episode any longer. We just kind of wanted to do a little shout out to everyone that has helped us. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's definitely a lot more to name. And, and if you want to <laughs> hear your name on our podcast, then you guys should send us in your embarrassing or funny stories and we should just oh read them out goodness. of the podcast. Like, That's a good one, yeah. But yeah. you have to give us permission to use your name. Yeah. So if you guys are listening to this, send us even a voice memo over Instagram or send us a yeah, message on Facebook. Yeah, we could even like put could... it on the recording. Oh, yeah. that'd be so funny. All if right. Steph can figure out how to do that. This is oh, going to yeah, be a test could, run. This will be a record it. Yeah, this will be a test run. Send us a voice memo of your funny or embarrassing stories and we're going to play them on the pod. If you've listened this far. <laughs> we <laughs> dare you. But anyways, let's get to the star of the show. Um, This year, she made her first Canadian Finals Rodeo. She was the Big Bang Champion and also the Sundry Pro Rodeo Champ. She's a multiple-time fraturity and derby money earner and also the self-proclaimed Bit Queen. Please welcome Tana Millard. Hey, girl. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you guys? Good. So cold. Yeah. Oh, so cold. Oh it's warming God. up, though. Finally. You want to know my biggest soft. flex ever is? 
I haven't What's plugged that? my Jeep in once. <laughs> <laughs> so I just bought a car in September, and we just realized it has no block heater. <laughs> yeah, ours doesn't either. We have um, a Touareg, a Volkswagen, and it doesn't either. So when it's cold out, we have to so put it in the crazy. shop. Yeah. yeah. No, I've always drove my dually everywhere until this year in September. I bought a car for the first time, and it starting in minus 40 is just like amazing to me. <laughs> it's like oh yeah. you feel so bad for them when you have to start them that cold yeah when right. I, every morning i'd like look out the window like ha- like scared to look out to see if it was gonna start but all my extensions is all my extension cords are used for our like element for our water and right there's it's so far like because we're there in like the back pasture right now and for me to like get it there it's like seven extension cords mm-hmm. oh and my god landon always complains that i steal his extension cords for the horses <laughs> what don't you steal <laughs> we have about 500 head of cattle what so i have oh. automatic waters nice. here but come winter as soon as we start calving the cows move down to our property mm-hmm. and so my horses go into a pen where we have to have a heater plugged into the water are you like in the purebred game like are they calving out soon here they are calving out soon but they aren't purebred they're oh, okay okay yeah. yeah ours don't calve out till may i could not imagine calving out right now yeah we start calving out usually end of january beginning oh. of february oh. by <laughs> valentine's day we usually have 60 calves on valentine's day oh my goodness day. <laughs> you have to have like a big barn heated barn for all that hey yeah 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 we've got a calving barn and we have cody works for um a big company um rafter 17 that him and his two bosses own and so they calve out everything between the three of them and the two properties oh Oh my goodness yeah cool that's crazy is that kind of what what you do on the day-to-day too is ranching type stuff i don't do a lot of the um ranching stuff if they need help in the summer moving stuff i help out that way but i actually work full-time for jones boys so i order tax for a living oh Oh, cool cool. which is uh the one in uh pinoca in pinoca and red deer but i work in a red deer location i order for both stores that sounds like a dangerous job yeah no kidding (laughs) it is a dangerous job i spend a lot of money in bits oh my goodness but you probably get a discount I do get a discount, yeah. so it definitely helps, but it's oh. maybe a bad incentive. Oh, yeah. 100%. There's no way I'd make any money doing that job. No, me neither. No. They used to have tabs before I started, and I'm glad they got rid of them. Because <laughs> if they had a tab, I'd just not get a check at the end of the month. It'd yeah. just be like gone. Yeah, tabs are scary. That was like when yeah. I worked at the vet clinic. Oh, my gosh. I spent way too much money there. Did you have a tab? Yeah. When I worked at my uncle's gas station, I had a tab yeah. and the amount of beef jerky I ate. Like, I'm not <laughs> even kidding you. I rang up like over $100. Oh, you could not work jerky. at like a fashion, like a boutique either. No. You also wouldn't get a paycheck. No. <laughs> not oh, at my all. girls, they all spend all their money on like our Western clothes. And yeah. I have a bad vice for jeans, but I'm the only one that like spends all my money on tax. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Well, I'll have to quiz you about bits then. I feel like yeah. everyone always always likes to know what's new and hot with bits. Mm-hmm. For sure. And Definitely. you guys sell those nettle stirrups, hey? We, yep, we do sell I nettles. I love, love those. Yeah, we sell nettles. Um, like when I 
started, I brought in all the Jim Edwards bits. Oh, yeah. And so that's kind of been my baby because we were the first ones in Canada to have them. Mm-hmm. And so we've sold a ton of them. I actually, over Christmas, I've sent them over to Nova Scotia. I've sent them back to Amarillo, Texas. Oh, like, wow. It's crazy all the places we've sent bits. Sent yeah. a lot up your way. There's been a lot of girls up up north that have bought bits. Are those ones the like they're kind of like the straight bar or the curb style? Yeah, a lot of them are pores. Um, oh, yeah. Jim mm-hmm. actually originated in like the reigning cow horse world. And so there are quite a few that are either solid or correctionals, um, but he has draw gags in them as well. Yeah, like those Lariat ones. Yeah. What's kind of the hot seller in those those bits? Um, we probably sell the most of the Leon um, draw gag, which is like the one with the rope head stall, and it's solid, and it's kind of got a V-port in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we also sell a lot of the four and a half J shank, which is just a solid shank on a slider. Hmm. It kind of looks like the Milimaki bit of Dave Elliott. And then okay. they come with different port mouth pieces. Okay, the ball cool. correctional is probably the most popular yeah. of that one. Dina Kirkpatrick endorses it, so we sell a ton of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. What would you say that one would be, like, used for, typically? Like, what kind of feel? Um, usually, if you have something that's super bendy, the correctionals are nice because they square them up a little mm-hmm. bit, and you get a lot of natural balance in something like that. Okay. A lot of change of weight to the hind end. Okay. That sounds like it has my name written all over it. <laughs> oh, no. You can never have enough. You can't. Yeah. No. Can we put our order in with you at the end of the, the episode? <laughs> you can. <laughs> and I fired my bit maker, so. Yeah, no kidding. After you oh, didn't no. it bust and you had to run away out in the mountains? Yeah. <laughs> I was being cheap and my boyfriend, I will, like, I already told the story on the podcast, but I, like, I sent him to, like, a bit maker to, like, learn how to make bits, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, he, like made me this bit that I've been wanting and I'm like dope this is sweet and it was like really cute he like engraved a heart in the roller it was really cute it was super cute yeah and it was like even cuter when my bit broke in the middle of the mountains and my horse went on a runaway and then I like jumped off of her onto another person's horse (laughs) what I didn't know that yeah the cuteness just evaporated. Yeah. Evaporated. <laughs> I like hit the ground so hard and I jump up and he looks at me. He's like, are you okay? And I was like, I told you to put a freaking throat latch on that head stall. <laughs> Wasn't the throat latch. It was definitely the bit. Bro. <laughs> oh, <laughs> poor Cole. Yeah, poor Cole. Hence he's fired. Yeah, he's fired. So I might wander. That's what wander. you get when the bull rider starts making bits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Not so, very technical. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so funny. Okay, so we had a great little warm up. So we're already starting to talk about bits and get all carried away, which I know <laughs> we will totally get back into in a little bit. But we just want to do like a little introduction, maybe about who you are, when you started riding, and maybe like, yeah, just like telling us that and your horses right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you bet. So to start with, my mom has rodeoed her whole life, and uh, my grandpa always ro- always rodeoed as well. So came from a rodeo family and uh, my mom made CFR when I was seven so that's Aww. always been a dream of so mine cool. is, is to go mm-hmm. and so I've always had nice horses she's always had security horses that I've taken over so I junior rodeoed and Kiwi rodeoed and then when we 
moved over here. I actually grew up in D.C. And so we moved over here when I was 14 so that my mom, it was a little bit easier for her so she didn't have to go across the mountains all the time to rodeo. Mm, Yeah. And she had a job opportunity over here. So we moved over here when I was 14 and I started high school rodeoing and that really started my career. Yeah. Um, Just the competition over here was just um, so much tougher and just so many more girls. Mm -hmm. So I high school rodeoed here and I made the FCA finals twice and I made the CCA finals. And then after that, we moved back to BC for a year and I had a really nice maturity and derby horse coming up. So I moved back out here on my own four years ago. And yeah, I've been out here by myself since. Um, I met my boyfriend about a year later and we've lived together since. And we have our own business here, and, and that's a little bit about my growing up. Nice. My mom's been, you know, kind of my biggest mentor. <laughs> I'd imagine all so. Yeah. yeah, we were yeah. actually, we, we wanted to inquire about having you guys both on. And then just like with the scheduling and us having to be late, we're like, oh, it would be just like quite long. But we were going to pick your brain about that too. If, if Yeah, you we should. no, that would be super fun. You guys should definitely do that. We should reach out to you. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah cool. that would be really fun. Yeah, we'll yeah. Do that My for mom sure. has tons of knowledge. She's been a clinician for years and years. Yes, I've um, heard. And yeah. I just that's started awesome. getting to go um, and help her out with clinics. And so oh, cool. that's really fun for me because I've, you know, heard the clinics over and over my entire life. Not yeah. so much fun for her because I interrupt her all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but you get both both views, so it's kind yeah, of fun that way. Cool. And I find when you teach or when you're in a clinic in that situation, you just learn so much more. Mm-hmm. I went up there. She had one at TP Creek last spring. Yeah. And so I got to go yeah. up there with her then and do a clinic with her. And it's just, you know, you pick up so much more when somebody else is dealing with something, you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot, you know, yeah. I should be doing that on my horse. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. really learn when you teach. Do you do clinics, like, separately and together or just together? I do lessons, but I haven't done a clinic by myself. Um, but she does a lot of clinics um, on her own. She probably does a, at least a clinic a month. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. Like, yeah, all year round. All year round. She's okay. very busy with them. Yeah, I've awesome. seen they yeah. had her on the schedule, I think, in TP upcoming this spring yes. Yes. again, too. I, I yeah. wanted to go, but my horse is gone. Yeah, yes. we actually um, sold the client horse up to TP Creek, and so they've brought her back up there several times, and they've become really good, close friends of ours. So cool. we nice. get to go up there quite often. So I'm. she's going in January, I know, and then again in February. So I'm hoping to get up there with her mm-hmm. in February and do a split clinic again. Nice. Maybe we could go there and just do a podcast in person with you guys. That would, that be, would be awesome. Mm-hmm. That would yeah, be a lot be of super fun. fun. Sweet. Actually, if I yeah. go up to one of our clinics, I take like half of the store with me. Oh, really? So really oh, good. No. So he sends me with pack. Oh, so no. I take pack up there. Oh, so dear. it's usually, you know, bad for the girls taking the clinic and good for our store. Yeah, no <laughs> yeah. kidding. Yeah, it fits nicely. What a good business move. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so going back to your mom really quickly here. I don't know why I made that into two words. Quick. Quickly. Quickly. <laughs> um, what is maybe like the, I know it's going to be really hard to sum up, but 
when you think of like things that your mom has taught you, maybe like a couple things that are at the forefront that made you into the horsewoman that you are today and the fundamentals of maybe your own program. Yeah. You know, she has made her whole life about horses and um, she's a single mom. And so the perseverance has been, you know, just amazing watching her. But everything we've had has come from horses. We've always had to make horses and sell horses if we wanted to keep going down the road. And so watching her, you know, every day get through that was just amazing. You know, we wouldn't have funds to do stuff, but we'd be going to the barrel race because that's how we made our money. And so she got me through high school rodeo and all of that, you know, on a single mom budget. And wow. To me, that's super inspiring, just how she kept going day and night. Yeah. And she did lots of different jobs. She's a farrier. Um, oh. And she's barely five feet. She'll hate me for me telling her <laughs> yeah. that because she says she's, you know, over five feet, but she's not. <laughs> but oh. watching, you know, her persevere through that has been amazing and she's always been somebody who's rode day and night like every day and I've really gotten that from her I try not to give my horses much time off all year long Mm -hmm. I try to ride six seven days a week and wow that definitely come from her she so like even what about when it's so flipping cold like it has been when it's this cold, I don't. I don't okay. think it's super healthy for <laughs> yeah, them. Just okay. checking. To, but but I do try to ride all winter. I try not to give them much time off. Yeah. Wow. No excuses. But, um, yeah, and as far as my program, we do, you know, a lot of riding out through the field. Actually, when mm-hmm. I made CFR this year, one of our family friends, he's was driving by and he said you're probably the only cfr qualifier that's got three barrels up there out in the middle of a stubble field and no arena but my horses <laughs> spend a lot of time in a field yeah yeah we don't have an arena so i haul and mm-hmm. i think it's really good for young horses to be hauled mm-hmm. um yeah. i haul into rimby a lot and i haul into Pinoco. we're really blessed with where we are so we're close to a lot of really nice mm-hmm. arenas so my horses haul, you know, three or four different arenas in yeah. a week, and that really exposes the colt to different situations. And then it's nice; it's not just one arena all the time. Yeah, yeah, they don't get tired of it, and they don't yeah. get bored. And the rest of the time is up and down the gravel road. Moose does a lot of traction up and down the gravel road. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just miles conditioning. Yeah, yeah. Nice. lots of miles and conditioning. I usually get home at seven o'clock at night. So a lot of times it is, you know, jump on and get going down the gravel road two or mm-hmm. three miles long trotting and loping and that really keeps them in good condition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I totally wanted to ask some fitness questions. So this seems like a good time. So do you, right yeah, do you use like a tracker app to kind of see how far you've gone or like, or like intervals, like a timer to do like intervals, like you're going to trot for this long and then you'll take a little break? Or I any don't like that? track it, although I should. I actually took a Lynette Broadway clinic about four years ago and she got me into the interval training, which I think is super interesting. Mm-hmm. So you basically, yeah, time how long you're trotting, how long you're walking, how long you're loping. And it's kind of different for each horse for their fitness level. Okay, But it is amazing when you start, 
loping and you time it that you don't realize how short we actually lope our horses. Yeah. Like we really don't exercise them long enough. Yeah. Not many minutes if you time, yeah. timed it. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Every once in a while I'll, I'll time it and I'm like, wow, that wasn't very long at all. Like it yeah. seems like, oh yeah, my horse is fit and everything, but it's like, wow, that was only a couple minutes. If that. No, and I thought it was really interesting when I took her clinic. She talked about team roping horses, how, you know, the guys that rope all the time, their horses actually have the best fitness because they run down the pen and then they turn around and walk back. And then they run down the pen and then oh, they yeah. turn around and walk mm-hmm. back. Like yeah, and so true. they Hit have yeah. kind of that interval training without, you know, even thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So just like, for example, say like, you know, medium fitness, do you think like you would spend like 10 minutes trotting, 10 minutes loping or what's like a a rough ballpark? Yeah, about that. I try to spend at least an hour on my horse a day Okay. okay. per horse. And so, you know, I'll spend a lot of time trotting, loping, going up hills, down hills. I do a little bit of walking, but I try to long trot the most out of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I cool. feel like the long trotting um, kind of enact running is the same stride length when you tr- long trotted when you run, whereas your lope and your walk are very similar in stride length. Yeah. So even mm-hmm. when I work the pattern, I try not to work the pattern loping. I try to work the pattern long trotting. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. That is interesting. And, it, and yeah. it almost instills that rate in them, too, because you can long trot them and then you can bring them right back down to like a really nice, yeah, like, slow jog. Yeah, yeah. Short, and then get them on their hind end and then extend it back mm-hmm. out again and then slow it back. That's what I was doing with Quirly a little bit, like just trying to get him to read my body to like kind yeah, of going back to English, right? Like half yeah. halting, you would like, I guess, call it like in yeah. English, right? Where you would like for sure. really constrict yourself so that they really slow down. But And that's something that my mom really has um, in her programs is the change of weight and the shortening of stride. She mm-hmm. actually um, was a rainer before oh, cool. um, oh, yeah. she took some raining clinics and stuff um, while she was barrel racing before she made the CFR. So she's really incorporated a lot of that into her training and so she's got you know a lot of that change of weight yes that's super important Mm -hmm. so tell us like a little bit more about your main mounts right now and then maybe after that if you have any up-and-coming prospects that you're excited about yeah for sure so my main mount right now is moose and he kind of came into our lives when we weren't looking for anything um everything about moose i kind of say you know i'm not very religious but everything happens for a reason Mm -hmm. and I've seen that so much in the last two years just you know when you weren't looking for something and something was just handed to you Mm -hmm. so I had a sibling to my other main mount Ebby um, and he was coming seven and he was kind of running in the 1d and so I had him for sale because I usually sell something in the spring so that we can keep going down the road. Mm-hmm. And when I listed him for sale, I got a message from a friend of mine, um, Melissa Freeman, that she had a horse that she was interested in trading. And normally I don't take trades, but the horse she had was trained by a good friend of mine, Sandra Peters. And mm-hmm. I knew well of him. 
he had won about 50,000 already and he had made the CCA finals as a six-year-old and he had placed in the super stakes every year and he was well known but he was a dirty bronc oh no and, really yeah bad and oh. I don't ride broncs I don't like them I don't start colts I actually when Cody and I got together I had a horse buck me off really bad and put me in the hospital for a few days mm, and that was only scary. about a year after before I got moose and I was like <laughs> I do not take Bronx and I, yeah. I sent him back with his owners like so when Melissa messaged me you know I knew what he was but I also knew you know he was about a forty fifty thousand dollar horse that I would never have an opportunity at otherwise yeah, yeah. and that he was good enough to go to the CFR so I called Casey and I said to her you know what do you think and she said you get that horse bought oh (laughs) no questions asked no questions asked and she said if you can't handle him then um I will find a way to take him back and I'll trade you something or figure it out because she had trained him but he never had the opportunity to own him he was owned by Milt Rigetti Okay, and yeah. so she had won so much on him and got along with him so good, but, and she's all cowgirl, but, mm-hmm. but yeah. she, she was like, if I could have him, I would, but I don't have anything to trade her. And I think you have to have that horse. So, so yeah. I went inside him. All the signs are was, pointed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the signs pointed. So. I went and tried him, and, and he was good, so I got to keep him for two weeks, and Melissa took um, Flash, and so I rode Moose for two weeks and fell in love with him. He was just a big teddy bear and so easy and no mm-hmm. vices, and I took him to a jackpot. We actually both went. Melissa ran Flash there, and I ran Moose, and she was fourth in the 1D on Flash, and I got piled at first barrel. <gasps> Oh, no. What? Yeah. And we had done our vet checks and everything. And so she said, well, what do you think? And I said, well, I guess I've got myself a horse. And she said, good <laughs> luck. I know I know he can, he can get you there if you can persevere. So <laughs> oh he my was goodness. there next to no bit. And when he blew up, I had his jaw right to his chest. And I could not pull him up like oh, so, I so strong sold the Dave Elliott that day and I <laughs> put him in a chain port that Cody had in the trailer and Casey said you know keep that chain port on him till you feel comfortable and so I mm-hmm. ran him in it two weeks later at Pinocchio and one second on him oh wow, wow. <laughs> and he never placed less than fifth all year that year in the wow. one wow that's amazing. And he bucked a couple more times, but never got me on the ground with Shane Port. Like, he knew really? oh. I'm in business <laughs> when Shane Port was in. Yeah. So, and, you know, everything, you know, truly does happen for a reason. And I know a lot of people have been caused so much duress with this COVID crap. But for me to have that year where we didn't have rodeoing, was a real blessing with him because I got a year to actually get to know my horse. Yeah, that's good, hey? And I think that is so important. You know, everybody gets their horses and they just want to go right to running them. Mm -hmm. But it's so important to get to know them and know, you know, 
their ins and outs and how to ride them. Acacia is very easy to ride behind, but it took a lot of mental strength to get back on him and get used to running him and run him full out and, you know, not worry about getting piled going into a barrel. Yeah, yeah. That's where I want to cut into this conversation because I just yeah. had a rocket launch, equi- like, equation, <laughs> no, a rocket launch situation, situation <laughs> not too long ago, and I already talked about it on the podcast, but um, so I sometimes will, like, be driving, and I'll think about barrel racing, and then you start driving really fast, and then you, like, think about what happened, then you start sweating, and you're like, oh, my God, like, what if that happens again? And then, like, you think of every single shitty situation that could ever happen, and, like, I get all clammy and, like, weird about it, and I just, yeah, work myself up, and then I, like, feel real shitty until I get all my horses back, and then I feel, like, way better, but then I still, like, have, like, a little bit of a mental block. So how did you work past that in order to to feel comfortable on your horse and be the rider that he needed to have such success for sure I think you know the biggest thing is you know spending a lot of time on your horse moose I'm very blessed with because he is so quiet day to day you know he could pile you and you get back on like and the first time he piled me I actually went to the arena the next day with a girlfriend and you know thought I was gonna tune him in and I got on him, and he was like a kid's rope horse. And he was like, what What do you mean I did something wrong? <laughs> that sounds like my horse so much. <laughs> and so I think you just really need to get to know them. Yeah. With Moose, you know, the more time I spent with him, the more it was like, I can't believe I'm worried about him. Because, you know, he's so quiet. Like, how could he ever do something to hurt you? But I'm very respectful of him. I think the hardest thing for me with Moose was I had a lot of people, um, a lot of naysayers. I still do to this day that, you know, say, oh, you should get rid of that horse. You know, he's going to hurt you one day. Even yeah. though my family, you know, was yeah. really upset with me for buying him. <laughs> oh, but my mom I would be so. Oh, my mom would kill. My ho- my other horse bought- bucked me off a couple times and my dad's like, yeah, no, we're buying you a new one. <laughs> but I think my mom was pretty good with it because she's always had to deal with bad horses because that is part of the life of training horses. But one of my uncles was really against it and he just kept saying, you know, he's going to hurt you. It's not worth it. Like, you know, he might get to the CFR and then hurt you there. Like, yeah. And so a lot of that, but I have good friends, Cassandra being one of them, you know, she's got me through a lot. And actually, um, I started working with a sports psychologist this year, Oh, which um, I've never had a hard time being confident in my run. I've always felt like I belonged. I've always felt um, good about my horses, but she helped me a lot because I had to really deal with some mental blocks with moose. I got to where I would run into a barrel and I would freeze up and not ride him hard enough or far enough in because I would tense up and think, oh, please don't buck me off. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And how could, like, you know, how I would imagine I'd be the same. Like, yeah, that's could, inevitable. Not a little bit. This is a cool yeah. spin on it, though. I feel like we always talk mental game. And I listen to, like, a lot of other podcasts and a lot of people these days, you know, like, 
therapy and stuff like that comes up as like you know it's mm-hmm. more it's being a lot more normalized and common and stuff mm-hmm. so I'm very interested to hear that you see like a sports psychologist and like yeah can you yeah. Like tell us a little more yeah. about that is it like zoom calls or do you go somewhere how does that work? I actually go right to her house um it's a good friend of mine her mom does it cool um and so I've I know Stevie Hillman's husband, Ty Hillman, was into it. And that's kind of when I first started looking into it is because I have Ty's book and I read it a lot. And I was going to go to him. And then um, actually, this is another one of those things where everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. So I actually ran into Jenny at a pro rodeo and her mom was with her. And I was like, that's what Brenda does. So I should go to Brenda because Brenda knows me. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, two weeks earlier, Brenda had put something on Facebook saying, I'm taking clients, but I did not see that on Facebook. Oh, And so, you know, that is just, you know, something out there just put us together. Mm-hmm. Oh, and cool. so Brenda actually, she not only did she help me with, you know, my psychology and helping with that but she also is a specialist in magnawaves so she magnawaves me ever after all of our treatments too so nice. that was awesome yeah yeah because perfect. i've done a lot of magnawaving on the horses but i don't take very good care of myself guilty and so i know we were just talking about that today she dealt with with me was she was just like what do you do for yourself before your runs you know to help and I talked about all the things I did for Moose. And she said, well, that's great for Moose. But what do you do for you? Moose doesn't care. <laughs> Moose yeah. doesn't give a shit. But she's, it's... Like, you do, she's like, I hear all these things you do to prepare Moose. But you don't prepare yourself. And oh. I said, I feel like my routine of getting him ready is what prepares me. But I wasn't yeah. mentally preparing myself. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, a lot of the visualizing stuff that you know I thought I was doing but I I really wasn't Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that's something that holds so many people back well and when you think about it like every other professional sport has that like Mm -hmm. hockey football soccer whatever they all have their sports psychologists they all have all these things to better that athlete and have, like, we do that yeah and they're everything we you do know? that but we do that for our horses yeah like i tell cool i'm like bull riders are like the only professional athletes that will sit there behind the shoots with a cigarette in their freaking mouth and like just hop on their bull like like no health things like probably never oh, ate for four days like you know what i mean it's just like like i feel like we're all like obviously mm-hmm. athletes for riding these no, horses, for but sure. how incredible it would be. Like what I think to def- like how much sep- better we yeah. be if we, you know, actually took advantage of these things. And mm-hmm. actually exactly. something that's kind of cool. I didn't even realize I found out about four days ago is that ATB, they sponsored the CFR, which I knew they sponsored a lot of money, but they actually sponsored every contestant three therapy sessions what and so you just log on to this virtual place and it gives you free free virtual you know therapy sessions and i thought Hmm. you know not only did none of us really realize that i got an email saying that it needed to be used by the end of january oh but also like how valuable that is and i Mm -hmm. really hope that the cfr contestants are taking advantage of Mm -hmm. that and actually using it because the people that you know could use it 
Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I started going to therapy this year actually. And then Steph like legit was like, man, I've noticed such a difference in you. Yeah. And the things that you'd say. (laughs) (laughs) And I think even just like January is such a depressing time. Yeah. You're so motivated. I find I'm very motivated to ride always. And that's how I stay feeling Mm -hmm. good as I ride my horse Mm -hmm. and I have goals. But January it's a very hard time to accomplish goals with our horses because it's so cold. Yeah. There's not much going on. Yeah. And so we really need to set goals for ourselves in different parts of our lives mm-hmm. to feel, you know, ac- accomplishment. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I do want to go back to one more part of um, your bucking before we like move on from that subject yeah um you said you got a vet check done on him before so what were some things that you really wanted to look at to see why he would buck that would cause like you know those kind of issues like mine bucked because his hawks needed to be done because this which led to his back being so sore but what's something that you have like really looked into to see why he does buck so that was definitely one thing like when moose was offered to me i kind of couldn't believe it and the first thought was what's wrong with him like yeah there's no way somebody's giving up this nice of a horse for basically you know a colt that was coming on he was gonna be a really nice colt but Mm -hmm. he was basically a colt that was coming on and so and there had been a lot of rumors that he had kissing spine and so and Casey knew that he had passed his vet check um with Briggs two years previous Mm-hmm. So I knew he didn't have kissing spine at that point, but I took him to my vet and we went through him top to bottom and Rick could not believe it. He was like, I can't believe that he is at the time he was nine, nine years old and had been rodeoing since he was sick. And he said, there is nothing wrong with this horse. Nice. Like he didn't need anything injected. Mm-hmm. He did not have kissing spine. And He's so docile that he was like, you're telling me this sucker bucks? He's like, he's quieter than most kids told me. He x-rayed him and he put his foot on the x-ray machine and he wouldn't move his foot off until he picked his foot up off of the x-ray machine and put it down himself. Oh my. So he's just like, I think, I think you got a horse. And so that wasn't a problem, but I do definitely make sure that we keep up with chiropractor and that does you know make a huge difference for him i use marie mcgonigal and he is moose's person yeah yeah so that definitely helps but no i do believe every horse has a reason for bucking unfortunately mm-hmm. moose's is that he's just a little bit of an asshole <laughs> <laughs> and yeah there gets are really, horses like that he yeah. just gets really proud of himself maybe yeah yeah maybe. <laughs> he is he is so docile, but he really holds a grudge, and he's a big wimp. So, like, he has bucked since he was four years old and only ever on the pattern oh. in a run. He ne- he's not oh. sensy. He's not pulled back. He will never buck you off just riding him around, but he will every once in a while get you in the middle of the run, and you have no idea where because he has bucked going to first barrel. He has bucked me off at first barrel. He bucked Melissa off at second barrel, bucked Casey off at second barrel, oh bucked going gosh. third, bucked going home. Like and you never know which run either, hey? Bucked. And you never know when. <laughs> and so 
And he has no tells. Oh, boy. When you warm him up, like, he's pretty good. Every once in a while, he'll pull back in the trailer. And I can usually tell something's, like, not right with him oh, then. Yeah. He, he probably needs adjusted when he gets when he pulls back. Mm-hmm. And Melissa told me when he piled her that he pulled back in the trailer that day. Oh, but okay. I've had him pull back and not buck with me. And I've had him <laughs> pull back and, you know, buck me off. So, and I've had him buck me off and not, you know, act weird at all and have a big warm up. Yeah. It kind of sounds like me. Like, I'll just, like, be fine for, like, a long time. And then, like, something will piss me off from, like, four years ago. And I'll be like, remember that time you, like, did this? It pissed me off. Yeah. He holds grudges. Like, I took him to Rimby and I ran him there at a big Paturity and Derby um, earlier this summer. And I had a hard time getting him past third, and he's usually pretty honest. And he set up on me and took out third, and he never hit third like that. And I had over and undered him going into the barrel. So then two <laughs> weeks later, I ran him there in a slot race, and right where I over and undered him going into that barrel, he started bucking. Really? <laughs> it was like he remembered. And he had made runs since then, but it was like in the same arena, same spot, he was like, you hit me here. <laughs> don't even time. think about it again, yeah, lady. I don't like it. <laughs> Listen here. Yeah, that's and so funny. when he bucked, then he like when he got to the barrel, he quit bucking and he turned and he ran home and he ran a seventeen eight. And so I just you know kind of let him run home and I was like, seriously, you sucker! Like seventeen eight didn't get us anything at the squat race and he could have <laughs> been a whole lot faster. Had you not been so, clenching your butt cheeks for the way yeah. up. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so that's kind of what led into the big bang of me being able to actually ride up when he bucked with me there. We want to talk went. about that run. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. So we can talk about that maybe later on if you want. Okay. <laughs> because uh, like that that was i'm sorry i'm just gonna say this before we move on but that was badass that was so cool <laughs> yeah he he's definitely an interesting character he uh he's made it so that i never have to ask anybody to video because people always want to video <laughs> they want to witness it get bucked off, and if i don't get bucked off it's probably going to be a good run so it's worth videoing anyway yeah oh boy i finally met but, someone that can laugh about getting bucked off as much as i can <laughs> yeah well i i honestly that is part of what has made it you know easier to mentally overcome i've had a lot of people i feel like because he had a past before me talk a lot behind my back and so I have kind of turned that into you know I talk a lot about him it actually upsets my mom a lot she says you manifest him bucking because you talk about him being a badass and a bronc all the time but I said you know what I'd rather talk about him than be talked about Mm -hmm. and you know I said I kind of just turned him into Slim Shady. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a badass, but he's a cool badass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no shame. And it's actually made me feel better because instead of having people be like, "Oh my God, like there goes Tana, she's on a bronc," and I have had people say that to me. I've come out of the arena and had people say to me, "Oh, I just hate watching you run. I don't like oh when you go in the arena because I'm scared you're going to get hurt." Yeah. And if I were to, you know take that internally that doesn't help me mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. so actually um at one of the pro rodeos i was at 
Brenda's daughter, Jenny, she said to me, you know, every time you go into the arena, I pray for you. And I said, you know, Jenny, that's why I stay safe is because I have friends like you praying. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Yeah. That's I have lit- literally, I have had the same things said. That yeah, we definitely you. said the exact same things to you. <laughs> yeah. But not. Sorry. Face, it's not behind <laughs> your back, at least. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I think if I talk about it, then, you know, and I hope I don't inspire people to keep their really dirty, rotten Bronx because, yeah. you know, Bruce is definitely the Cinderella story. And I'm not encouraging anybody to keep anything that's going to, you know, badly hurt them. No, but, no. You know, Casey, what she did with Moose, and I give her all the credit all the time, but what she did with him, he would not be here today if it wasn't for her because. Somebody would have gave up on him a long time ago. Yeah. And yeah. he actually has a brother that um, that is a Bronx as well. And they're, you know, very similar. They're same age. And he's gone by the wayside because, you know, somebody didn't stick with him. And mm-hmm. so yeah. it really is an eye opener that, you know, if you do stick with them and you do do all the hard work, they they are athletes and they can come through and persevere. Yeah. 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 Yeah, No, I was just actually saying like today, I just said, I do admire Casey's work. Like, you know, she's, she's a pretty young cowgirl, but brought along so many Mm -hmm. horses and, Oh, just amazing. All the horses that Casey has brought on when you actually start looking at the horses and what they've accomplished. Yeah. Everybody you talk to has a winner that Casey's trained. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty neat for her. Yeah, and she's living it up in the warm sun I mm-hmm. see on Facebook too. Oh. I follow. She along. is. I'm living vicariously <laughs> through her. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Do you uh, do you ever get to live the barrel racer dream and go south a little bit in the winter time? I don't. My mom actually sent me a picture today of when I was five years old down in Arizona. My oh. grandparents oh, have cool. a place down there, but I haven't actually taken horses down ever we've always rode through the winter i've always had a full-time job or my mom has and so we've stayed here yeah and rode through the cold but it is definitely a dream to go down i'd like to go down i'd like to go to american qualifier at one point oh you should that'd be cool yeah yeah, I'd love to l- run an AT and T. That would be the dream yeah. for sure. On moose from Canada, yeah. oh, I just love it. <laughs> it's a Canadian moose, exactly. yeah, it's a real Canuck. That would be real perfect. Canuck. <laughs> so, so oh. do you? Are you sticking mostly with like rodeoing on moose, or do you have some other young ones coming up, or what else are you riding? Yeah, it's here. So it's in your I'm, field. Yeah, I guess I just stuck to moose. So, other than moose, I have Ebby. And she was who actually made me move back over. She was pretty cold when I moved back over here. But um, one of my mom's very best friends, Bonnie Danes, owns Scrooge and Bedueno. And so when Ebby was two, this is kind of a funny story. She actually was sold as a yearling to a gay couple down in Calgary. And they split up. And the guy who didn't have anything to do with horses ended up with her and he gave her back to Bonnie because he didn't want oh, oh my this gosh. random horse that his boyfriend gave him. So <laughs> she got her back and came with a purple halter and purple brushes and, and so she was she was cool at the time so he gave her to me. And so I wow. uh, I 
Tuesdays, the first one I started, we had uh, Wyatt served some starters for 30 days, and then I did everything else, mm-hmm. honor, and she was my second fraternity course ever. And so, yeah, she has been, you know, a lot of work, but a lot of fun. She's been so rewarding, and she's won a lot of securities and derbies and placed at pro rodeos and helped me get CFR this year. And so I ran her at the CFR with Moose. And so I've got her, and she is nine. And this oh. spring, we're actually going to breed her to Quick Smart Cat, which we're oh, really cool. excited about. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. that'll be nice. And yeah, when you make a CFR, they actually give you a stud fee. Oh, really? so cool. That it's a stallion cool. draw. So 12 stallions all put their names in, and then we all got to draw. Oh, cool. And so we drew Quick Smart Cat, which I was really excited about. Mm-hmm. That'll be a fun and cross. So yeah, it'll be super fun. So I plan to breed her in the spring and then hopefully keep running her throughout the summer. Um, so that's kind of the goals with her. She nice. is nine this year and Moose is 11. And I had a really nice four-year-old super steak. He's got to be famous. That I actually ended up selling in July last year um, to help me keep rodeoing. Oh, yeah. And so I replaced him this fall with a Red Bull. Cool. And he is coming three this spring. So we will work with him, and then he'll probably get sold in the spring. We usually try to sell something every spring so that it just helps the pay keep going down the road. Yeah, yeah, for the rodeo season. What else do you get at the CFR? <laughs> Nadine's like, so that's my goal. Stuff. It is unbelievable. I want to know so everything. We, yeah. So we did a gift exchange, um, which I knew you got a lot of stuff because when my mom made it, like, she still has stuff from the CFR that she got. There. Really? Like, it's just oh, cool. amazing. You get treated so well. They paid for all of our hotel rooms, which was great. Nice. All week, all your selling mm-hmm. for free. And then we do a gift exchange between the girls. So it's whatever you want to put up or your sponsors. So I'm really blessed with um, my work because they sponsored me. And then I have access to a lot of great companies through my work. So we actually had Classic Equine and Noble sponsor um, waste coolers for all of the oh, girls wow. that were engraved with wow. CFR qualifier on them. And then Kimes Jeans also sponsored a pair of jeans through us. Wow. For nice. the girls. Oh, so then Kimes. for the exchange, so you get, or your sponsors, they get something for every one of the girls then? Every one of the okay. girls. So wow. we all basically give each other so 12 identical items. So yeah. I would, I gave all the girls, you know, That's 12 cool. waste coolers. 12 pairs of jeans. And so, and then you get that back tenfold. I don't think there was a no kidding. in there that was worth less than $300. It was wow. unbelievable. Oh that's God. insane. Oh, that's awesome. That's so I cool. I got about four different jackets, um, lots of halters, ball caps, cutting boards. We got these absolutely beautiful purses that Shelly Manning and Taylor Manning gave us Aww. from the Hanging Cactus, which are just nice absolutely incredible mm-hmm. um it's cool like the got, whole crew from the same year like yeah. we'll kind of always have the same stuff going for yeah, yeah no That's kidding cool. and it's so cool just have all the mementos like yeah mm-hmm. forever. and it's funny you know 
when I made it, I thought, you know, I want to have this made or this made as a memento of making it. Mm-hmm. And anything I thought I wanted, we got. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. <laughs> so I didn't have to have anything made. Troy Fisher actually sponsored us all pen- custom-made pendants, oh, wow. which are just beautiful. They have um, our back numbers on them and CFR contestant 2021. Cool. And they're incredible. I remember my mom getting this custom ring from Troy when she made it in 2004, and I just always loved it as a kid, mm-hmm. and he still has it, Aww. and so I know this will be something that, you know, my kids will be like, look, that's when mom made her first CFR. Yeah, Aww. that's pretty neat. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, that was super cool. Even just, like, jackets in the back number Mm-hmm. Um, we had a ceremony to get our jackets and our back number, and that was incredible. Like getting to be there with your family and on the runway, and everybody's dressed up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so fun. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. And this was and your I, f- your first CFR experience. This competing? is my first CFR experience. Yeah. Cool. Well, congrats. Yeah. yeah. So Thank you. <laughs> so, how was like the whole experience? Was it like as busy as you thought it would be going in or what like did you get I did not think it was going to be as busy as it was was. (laughs) I knew the NFR was busy because my grandparents have season tickets and so I try to go down at least every other year and I know what the girls go through down there like they don't have time to see their horses down there and yeah they have you know so many sponsorship deals where they have to be at and they're needed all the time but For us, we don't have all those signings. We have one signing, which was on Saturday afternoon. And Mm -hmm. I also had a live interview with Ted Dovin and Wacey Anderson. And that actually overlapped my autograph signing. So that was on stage. So I did that, did the autograph signing just for about 15 minutes after that. But I thought, you know, that's basically all they need me for all week. Other than that, you know, we live just right close to Red Deer. So I thought, oh, it'll be, you know, pretty quiet. We actually needed to be in a fashion show on Friday, the Rookies. Oh, wow. And so that was very out of my comfort zone. (laughs) Yeah, no (laughs) kidding. We were there from 8 until 2 o'clock on Friday. And so that took up a lot of time. But it's just, you know you don't realize how many of your friends you see there like and get stopped and everybody wants to talk to you. Yeah, I bet. It's just so busy that way. And we drove in every morning. We stayed at home so that Moose could stay at home. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, so that he didn't have to be stalled. Yeah. They're really nice stalls in there, but it's just a lot of time on the concrete. Yeah. We hauled him in and out so that he could sleep better. And so just by the time we got in there and then you got the horses put up and looked after and then you went into the trade show for a few minutes and then you ran into 10,000 people. Mm-hmm. Then it was time to, you know, go back and get the horses ready and get ready for the purse. Yeah. So, so it was way busier than I thought it was going to yeah. be. So on the horse side of things, like, what do you do to get your horse ready for an event like that? Because um, it's it's such a big event with so many runs. Oh, for sure. 
No, I I worked right up until it. So there was a lot of nights where we rode out in the stubble field in the pitch black. But oh, wow. <laughs> I just spent a lot of time, you know, staying on him. And that's the thing with Moose is he, I'm very grateful to him because he makes you very honest. I find, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of us don't ride enough and I'm as guilty as the next person. You know, you get home from work and you're tired and you don't feel like going and riding. Mm -hmm. But if you don't ride moose, there's a good chance you're going to get piled the next (laughs) time you run him. Yeah. And so that's good motivation. the, The things that you regularly should do is all you have to do in order to keep him honest. But he keeps you honest in making sure you stay riding. So. I just made sure I rode him every day. Yeah. And yeah. even if it was, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes loping circles in the stubble field or going down the gravel road mm-hmm. just so that he got out of the pen. Because he is a typical gelding. He is super lazy. He'll sit in the pen and wait for <laughs> you to feed him and not move the rest of the day. Oh, my. Yep. Getting him out and exercising him, mm-hmm. you know, it was really important for him. Yeah. And for me. To, to feel ready yeah he's really honest and I've got you know got my pop-up barrels out in my pasture so I'll go out there and I'll trot him around a few times but other than that I didn't feel like I had to school him very hard yeah and same way with Abby actually I was really blessed with Abby because Cody my boyfriend spent most of the time legging her up because I didn't have enough time to ride them both in the dark so oh my Aww. He spent a lot of the time riding her and schooling her to get her ready for mm-hmm. the CFR. So I was lucky that way. Yeah. So do you just get a headlamp out when you go out riding in the dark? Yeah, just a yeah. headlamp. <laughs> We've got one. a yard light Good too. And oh, yeah. Once you get used to the dark and there's like the moons out. And stuff, yeah, that's nice if the moon's out. Yeah. Yeah. To- and you kind of get to know the perimeters of your field and you know your tracks and stuff yeah it's not too bad that way Mm -hmm. yeah to like elaborate on the question of getting your horses ready for the cfr like you're probably doing like you know a vet check before the cfr just to make sure everything's good how often and like frequently is your veterinarian involved um coming up to a big event like that versus just like regular well with bailey she's we're really lucky because cody used to shoe for her um, oh, nice. And so we have a really good personal relationship with my vet, Bailey Stanton. So mm-hmm. cool. Um, and I see Bailey quite often because Moose is very bad to shoe. So oh, yeah. we actually get sedation from Bailey and he's sedated to shoe. Oh, wow. So every Maybe I should do that. He has D. to be sedated in order for us to get shoes on him. And okay. my boyfriend, Cody, is my farrier. So I am lucky that way because I don't know that. Yeah. If my farrier didn't love me, if he would actually, you know, do <laughs> move. Oh, boy. I do know he ran at the Super Stakes a few years barefoot. So really? I know that the last farrier didn't like him that much. Yeah. This is, oh, probably be good just barefoot. Yeah, that's good yeah. That's a no for me. <laughs> oh, but, dear. yeah, I, I definitely, Bailey knows Moose really well. And mm-hmm. so I'll have her look over him and stuff. And, and Isn't she in Arizona on- right now, though? She is in Arizona right now, yeah. So I've I've got a stockpile for my okay. uh, doings for now, but yeah. but yeah, leading up to CFR, I definitely had her check him out, and we 
did his hawks and stuff before then. I'm not a regular injector. I try to keep him on pentasan and I try to, you know, do preventative stuff, make sure that he's always in shape and, yeah. you know, try not to have to do the injections. When when they have to be done, then they're done and the rest of the time we just try to avoid it. But Yeah. Yeah. But no, I definitely and I uh I've never ran a horse on Lasix until September this year. Um, Moose started, well, actually August, Moose started bleeding, but we started running him on Lasix in September. Okay. And so that was a learning process for me. I'm actually definitely scared of needles. Oh, no. When when I go to put something in a horse, I pass out a puke. Really? Oh, so, no. Oh, yeah. I love I can, it. I cannot Lasix my own horse. And so... Cody's been really good. He's lasix him all year for me. Oh but boy. one of the rounds of CFR, we actually had to have one of Bailey's vet techs come out um, oh, wow. and do him because we couldn't hit the vein on him and we were getting too close to perf time. So yeah. she definitely had to come out and help us out then. So Yeah. But no, oh, I boy. do think it's really important to have a good relationship with your vet. Mm-hmm. Um for things like that, you know, you never know when something's going to come up when you do need their help. And I'm very lucky because my vet's on the rodeo road with me because she's rodeoing too. Yeah. So I do always have access to her that way. Yeah, that's nice. So is there anything else you do for the bleeding other than Lasix? Mostly just conditioning, you know. Yeah. That's one of the most important things is keeping them conditioned. Moose also runs on Equipulman. Okay. And... He absolutely loves it. He, uh, I have to be careful because he will break a syringe trying to get the echo oh, really? if I, if I oh, wow. the cr- <laughs> Yeah. So Equipulman, that's like in the, it's like a yellow and blue kind yeah. of. Okay. Yeah, so exactly. h- what is, how much do you give and when do you give that? I give him 30 cc's. You're supposed to usually give them, you know, two or three days before your competition. Yeah. But with him, I found it works best if I give it, like, one day before, and then I usually give it to him right before my run. Oh, okay. When I'm about to bridle him, especially because, you know, he is bronchy, yeah. I'll tighten him up, and if he seems like he's a little watchy that day, then I make sure he has his equipoint because it just seems to quiet him down. I don't know if it's just because he thinks he's getting a treat. And he's yeah, like, maybe. Oh, yeah, no, everything's <laughs> good now. <laughs> uh, yeah, no kidding. I love you. I'll yeah. be nice yeah. today. I won't buck you off today. <laughs> I won't buck you off today. I got my echo foam and I got yeah. my <laughs> Smells really like mint, minty, menthol that stuff. But the, the yeah. dosage directions on the bottle are pretty heavy. Like it would, I know. That's why I was like, what do you, you actually that. give? Yeah. 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 No, I give 30 cc's um, is what I give to them. And that's what my average syringe is. And so. Yeah. Sometimes if it's like real dusty or it's smoky, I'll give him double that. Oh but yeah, yeah. He seemed to be good on thirty cc's. Yeah, good, nice. And yeah, like you said, you don't really change your fitness. Like you, like that's really important to your program. But you don't really change it for these winter months. You kind of keep on trucking just as I hard. Keep on trucking. Yeah, yeah. Moose is probably in better shape than the majority of horses. Because yeah. of him being bronchy, yeah. I do warm Just... him up an incredible amount. Okay. I lope him for an hour before I run. Oh, and wow. I keep wow. him moving until I run. 
I do not let him sit before I go in the arena. Yeah. Oh my. And so that was probably the biggest thing for me at CFR. The hardest obstacle was that we were on concrete. Yeah. And so I couldn't keep him moving. Normally I would lope him in figure eight right until I turned him and ran him in the arena. And okay. we couldn't even trot a figure eight or walk a figure eight because we were on concrete and he would have fallen down. Really? Yeah, no kidding. So, did you, so that did, did you run him? Mostly there? I ran him four rounds, and I ran Abby, too. Okay. Cool. Lady, I, I got a question to ask you. Months. Yeah. Oh <laughs> I, like, am sitting here on your Facebook, because sometimes I'll scroll through people's Facebook <laughs> while they're talking, just so I can, like, maybe come up with some questions. Just creeps them. <laughs> just creeping. Did you do a run in split reins at the CFR? I did do a run in split <laughs> reins at the CFR. Ride in split reins. 24-7. I love oh. my split reins. And I, this is probably, you know, one of the things I need to work on is that I have a really hard time getting down my rein enough. And I find oh, when I'm okay. in split reins, I usually have my horse really soft, really supple. And of course, you can't be in the dead middle of split reins. You just can't yeah. be. Yeah. <laughs> so when I had so much trouble the first three rounds on him keeping barrels up I stepped on Abby and I ran her for the next two rounds but I really wanted to finish my CFR on him so I decided to throw caution to the wind and you know <laughs> just go for it so I put my actual colt starting bit on him because I did have him in a port for the first three rounds and he just <laughs> felt like he was stiff and heavy and he ran in not much bit when Casey had him so I put him back in not much a bit and in split reins because I figured I'd get down my rein a little bit more in my split reins. Wow. So I was really hoping he didn't choose that last round to buck me. No yeah. kidding. I was going to say, that is such a cool picture. I love split reins. I love the feel of them. But, you know, I wouldn't suggest running in them. When I was in <laughs> high school, I had a girlfriend that used to pull bend in split reins all the time what? and she was a real badass mm. but I've seen those split reins go around a pool a time or two Ooh. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. no kidding catch one yeah sorry that was a little squirrel moment there I just had to ask when I stumbled upon that oh picture. good yeah no for so sure. how did that last round go yeah. with the split reins I did hit one more barrel on him I Dang had it. uh AJ Nietzsche's husband tell me that uh, Moose just really didn't fit in that arena in between the barrels and the walls. And that's what I'm Aww. sticking with. Yeah. Oh, well, there's next year. So yeah. how would you, yeah, so there's next year. Next year if, um, how would you practice in an arena, like to make runs in an arena like that? So you can, I think yourself. just, you know, getting more time spent on my horse. When Moose bucked me off, he bucked me off in a tiny little arena. And ever since then, I've kind of avoided them. Yeah. Mm. I've ran them in lots of big arenas. And that's how I made CFRs in wide open arenas. Oh, okay. But he was actually trained in tiny arenas with Cassandra. And, you know, she won a lot of faturities and derbies in small arenas. But she ran them with a bat. And I've oh. never ran him with a bat because I always feel like, you know, one hand on the bat is one less hand to, <laughs> to hang on the with. board if he started bucking. <laughs> oh, boy. But I don't know, but they say for- if they're running full out, they're not going to be able to buck you oh, off. Oh, that's a load of shit. That, <laughs> that is. You know, time moves buck is at a full out run. So yeah. I know 
Don't go with that on. That's how I got bucked off out in the field and left behind. No. But that is one thing I want to work on this year is maybe incorporating that bat indoors a little bit. Oh, yeah. And getting them just a little bit more round. It's amazing how a horse can change to your style. And I run very straight and direct. And Casey runs very round. But Moose could run both. He ran so round with her and round with Melissa and very straight with me. Mm-hmm. And in those tiny pins, that roundness really would have helped me out if yeah. I could have rode them just a little bit different. And so hindsight's twenty twenty, but that's definitely something we're going to be working on this year is to to get me more comfortable on him in a small pin. Yeah, that's a great goal. Yeah, yeah, he's very lazy, so getting him to run fast in a small area, you do need that bat just to, you know kind of get that momentum. Yeah. Whereas when he's in the wide open outdoors, he's got that long stride. He covers ground so fast. And so being a little bit lazy and shutting it down early works well in a wide open pen. Mm -hmm. I need to practice more in the big open pens. Same, yeah. (laughs) I wish we had. Actually, no, we could go to your dirt patch because it's pretty wide and open outdoors. No, we'll just make trips. Yeah, we'll just make trips to Pinoca. We need to do that. Yeah. Well, and I have two dead opposite horses. Ebby runs really good indoors and tiny pins and she definitely outshone him at cfr it was oh, yeah. definitely her setup but yeah. she has a hard time making runs more than once in a pin she oh, gets yeah. oh. harder to keep things up mm. and she gets steadier on me yeah she's a, a like lot that. more free runner <laughs> than him so yeah so she definitely suited that pin more but i didn't think she could do six rounds in a row and yeah. she really you know surprised us with how well she handled it two rounds in a row at cfr yeah yeah that's cool um i want to go back to your comment that you said that you like plan to go and do the bigger open runs to make cfr and like this question like sounds good in my head but i'm probably gonna mess it up while asking it so just bear with me (laughs) um so how or what no see i already messed it up um when you are making a run for the cfr how do you plan which rodeos you want to go to and ensure that they're going to be enough to get you there to like make sure your horse is running like maybe in the better arenas or ho- arenas it's more suited to, but yeah, still making enough to like qualify. make qualify. Yeah. And For like, sure. and like making sure like all your, your entry days are getting done. Like I know some people actually will hire someone to help them with that, but like, how do they, you do that? They do definitely hire someone in the state when they have so many different um, rodeos cross country. Yeah. We have a small enough amount that everybody kind of does their own entering here. Um, I'm really blessed because I've gone to the pro rodeos my whole life with my mom. So I know all the pins inside and out and getting to know Moose this last year, I really know what suits him this past year because it was a COVID year. There wasn't really a choice in rodeos. They started at the end of July, and if you wanted to go to CFR, there was two months to make it or break it. You went to everyone. And mm-hmm. You you went to everything. And so when I, I actually, this is another one of those, you know, moments of everything happens for a reason. But I had come home from BC from a wedding, and I had already entered Strathmore and Medicine Hat, and I had listed my colt for sale because I was broke. 
and I did not have enough money to get to Strathmore. And so I actually was going to have to take out a loan in order to pay my entry fees down there. And my Colt sold sight unseen the weekend before Strathmore. No, no way. Oh, no. Here's your sign. Just yeah. Yeah. Going. poor. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And so I went down to Medicine Hat. That was the first rodeo we were entered at in Slash. And, you know, they were my last two rodeos because I kind of said, you know, I had to sell my Colt, keep going. And I hadn't won any money at the couple pro rodeos that had been earlier that year and so I was like you know what I'm just gonna go to some bigger jackpots I'm done rodeoing like I'll get through these last two rodeos and go home so I run at Medicine Hat and had a decent run and came out and and one of my girlfriends was like you should be happier and I was like well you know like I he just about ran off on third barrel. I had to rate him back. He didn't even see it. And he bumped second going in. I thought it was going down. Like, and it was just, you know, kind of felt all over the place. And she said, you're leading it. Oh. And I was oh. like, are you kidding me? And so <laughs> I led it right through until the second last purse, I think. I ended up fourth there. Nice. And so we left there and the next morning went to Strathmore. And again, he had like had a pretty nice run, but it was still kind of shifty ground. Didn't feel awesome. It was standard pattern. And I think he ran like an 18-1, which I was, you know, hoping to be in the 17s. You're, you mm-hmm. run 17s at jackpots all year and, you know, you kind of have an expectation on a standard mm-hmm. set. And same thing. So somebody had videoed my run and brought my phone back. And I was like, they're like, good run. I was like, thanks. Yeah, no, I wish it would have been a little bit faster, but oh, well, next one. And he's like, you're leading it. <laughs> I was like, Again? Oh. Like, you're freaking kidding me. Oh, so that's awesome. I ended up, I think I ended up fifth at Strathmore. And so I didn't even enter Bruce. That was that same weekend because I didn't have any money and I had just entered them. So you have to do it ahead of time. But I had, yeah. Yeah. And so our entries for La Crete were that day when we left Medicine Hat. And I, my mom had been bugging me because she like loves to go to all the pro rodeos still. And she went with me all year and she was bugging me about wanting to go up to La Crete. And I was like, not a freaking chance. Am so I far. going <laughs> eight hours up to La Crete? Like <laughs> middle of nowhere. I have no money. Like I'm not going to La Crete. We leave Medicine Hat, and she looks at me. She's like, "So I guess we're going to La Crete." I'm like, "Yeah, I guess you better call the <laughs> radio office. I guess we're going oh, to La Crete." <laughs> well, if you guys ever need a stopping point, like halfway, we're by Peace River, and we have pens, so mm-hmm. yeah. sounds you can, great. You can we stop might on over. Up on that, we actually had tr- tr- trouble going up to La Crete, so it would have worked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, okay, I have a question. I don't. I'm just like full of questions this evening. Um, <laughs> That's what it's all about, Dina. Yeah, it's all, all good. All about the squirrel brain. <laughs> and if you, if this is too personal, just tell me to screw off. But <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm scared. I've, I, <laughs> um. So I've always wondered, like, when it comes to finances, like you, like it costs so much money to go down the road, and so much money to keep your horse fed, and maintenance, and everything. 
and then you look at the paychecks of like what you know all the the standings and um like the payouts per rodeo like do you just break even with like what like our gas prices are right now like for oh, what you much. want yeah. pretty much yeah. just break even hey like yeah it, it when my so mom hard. made the CFO oh for sure when my mom made the CFR in 2004 she had to sell a horse to come over to the CFR to come and here. pay for hay that fall wow oh my it's crazy and we're really blessed with where we live. You can definitely do it smarter. You know, you can go to pick and choose your rodeos. You don't have to go to every last one, you know. Mm-hmm. And for us, we're really blessed with where we live. We're so close to a lot of pro rodeos that we don't have to go to every last one. And kind of to touch back on your question earlier with picking and choosing rodeos, you know, this year we didn't get to pick and choose because it was such a short year yeah. and you kind of had to go. But on a normal year, you have to get to 17 rodeos. There is a rodeo count. Okay. So you have mm-hmm. to enter 17 rodeos in order to make the CFR. Mm-hmm. But you can enter as many as you want. But for this coming year, kind of the plan is to pick and choose the pins that I know will suit my horse. Yeah. And so, you know, he does handle the big pins and, lucky for me the big pens are usually the big paying rodeos yeah oh, yeah Nosa, mm-hmm. wainwright sundry yeah. uh, medicine hat they're all your major players and they're all wide open outdoors mm-hmm. yeah so those will definitely be my priority um ebby does work better indoors and so I usually start out the year going to some of the indoors mm-hmm. and I'll go to you know the big outdoors, the tour rodeos. And then usually by the end of July, I kind of make a decision. If I'm not, you know, in the hunt and I haven't had money made, previous years I've dropped back to my semi-pro and gone to some amateur rodeos. Mm -hmm. But this year, if I don't have a bunch of money made, I'll probably go to some bigger jackpots and hit a few rodeos here and there. But there's runs. So you can run, do the east run where you go out to Manitoba and Saskatchewan and there's um, the West run where you go out to Williams Lake which is during a Pinoca and then of oh. course the North run with La Crete and Peace yeah. River and Dawson Creek and all of them yeah and so you know it, previous years I've chose not to do most of those runs I have gone out to Williams Lake because my family lives very close there and so I do try to take that opportunity to see them and go to the rodeo yeah but if I wasn't making the CFR or I didn't need to I probably wouldn't go out on the east run or the north run different years for financial reasons and just yeah. to save hours hauling on my horse Exactly. Yeah, no. and they're later in the season, so you could cancel out of them if, if yeah, um... you can kind of pick and choose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah. being said, you know, if you enter smart going out on the East Run, there's a great Petrudian Derby out there. So if you have some young horses, you can make the trip really worthwhile because you can hit a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, that's true too. And it just kind of depends on how the CPRA sets things up and how committees pick their dates previous years they've been pretty good about the north run um having all those rodeos kind of clustered together this year was a lot harder because 
they had LaCrete and Dawson Creek on at the same time as Stavely. So they're on opposite ends of the province. Uh, so that was a lot of going back and forth. So yeah, no I actually, we decided to enter LaCrete and we entered Stavely, but we chose not to go to Dawson Creek. And I decided to go to the Big Bang instead. Which was, was a good choice. Yeah, exactly. Which For was you. a good choice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it ended up working out, not only because it was 45 minutes from my house, but because Moose seemed to really like that <laughs> pin that weekend. You yes, really liked you it. Yes. Yeah. So you won the horse trailer. I won the horse trailer. Fast so, time of the weekend, right? Too, right? Mm-hmm. right before that, when we went up to La Crete, was like the week of the Big Bang. So we went up to La Crete on Tuesday and oh, ran wow. there Wednesday called all the way back down to Stavely and ran at Stavely on Friday. <laughs> and oh my goodness. So Moose spent over 32 hours on the trailer in the hot and in the no heat. No kidding. And he oh, actually so hot. went up all the way up to the creek. My mom and I both hit barrels. But oh, when I loaded God. Moose up, um, I ha- thought I had got ketchup all over my shirt. Like I couldn't figure out what it was. And he was actually bleeding. Oh, no. So hot. And so... And yeah. he had never bled before, so that was scary. And wasn't it smoky, though? It was, was it smoky it was up smoky. here, too? Yeah. yeah. Everywhere. And so I didn't really know what to do. I had had one bleeder previous in my life, but she wasn't a candidate for Lasix. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't start him on Lasix right away. Um, so I brought him back down to Stavely, and he was on the ground there and didn't have a good run there. And so... When I brought him back to the Big Bang, I kind of was thinking, what am I doing? Like, I should just turn him out. He's spent so much time on the trailer, and Mm -hmm. he's tired and not feeling good. And the Big Bang has such good ground, but it's heavy. Mm -hmm. And so for a bleeder and somebody that's, you know, tired from the week, it wasn't the optimal pin. Mm -hmm. But he had just won sundry pro rodeo the weekend prior and so I knew that in that arena so I knew that you know he liked that arena and so I I ran him but I had no expectations I was like you know what if he runs like a 17.9 or an 18.0 I'd just be happy because he had been on kind of some crappy ground and I just wanted to get his confidence back I knew the ground was great I knew you know it would maybe make get some confidence back up in him anyways so yeah and everybody all day kept saying to me oh this is your weekend you won sundry like but they had ran the Faturity and derby previous to the open and they were winning it with 17-3 and so i was like there's no way that you know i'm winning it i won the pro rodeo with the 17-6 and it felt amazing like yeah. I didn't think that there was any way he could be any faster than that. Yeah. And I had a really hard time getting him by third barrel at Sundry at the Pro Rodeo. So mm-hmm. which was really similar to the situation at Rimby earlier that year. So I ran him and when I got up to third in the same spot that I did at Rimby, where I had such a hard time getting him by third at Sundry Pro Rodeo, he started bucking. <laughs> which is exactly where I had been spurring and whipping yeah. him to get him around at the pro rodeo. What so a turkey. I knew if I could hold on to him to get to the barrel that he'd probably sit down and turn. Because he did at Rimby a couple of months 
previous. So I just kind of let him be. And as soon as he got into third, he sat down and turned. And he and I knew he wouldn't buck after that because he didn't at Sundry. He was just, once he turned, he was back out of it. So I picked up my over and under and I hit him all the way home. <laughs> and I was so mad. And, like, I go past the timer and they're like, 17-2, which the sucker had never ran faster than a 17-6 ever. What? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, that's wild. Seriously, like, 17-2. I had, ne- I had never ran faster than 17-4 in my life. He so. was excited. <laughs> yeah, he was ripping. That's thing, and he was yeah. proud of himself. He was. Yeah. I He's like, he I'm going to make this good, and I'm going to put on a show. <laughs> just for you. Yeah, he was just <laughs> telling everybody since I was telling them that, you know, there's no way I was moose was fast enough to win it that day he was like oh yeah well watch yeah i'm gonna prove you wrong yeah (laughs) oh boy that's awesome how exciting so that got us a key so then the next day we ran early in the day and i ran a 17-4 but i couldn't get him past third that day Ah. and i had everybody on me about running him again because they had the buyback but I just oh, knew yeah. I couldn't do it to him. He had ran a 17.2 and a 17.4, which are his fastest times on a standard set ever. Like, yeah, And yeah, just to give his yeah. heart, after having such a long week, week, yeah, he had had no rest time. He had been bleeding. And he never bled at the Big Bang, which was amazing. Yeah. And so, you know, I was just so proud of him that I was like, you know what? No, we're not buying back, but... I had all day to sit there and contemplate it because I ran at 10 a.m. and they drew for the trailer at like 8 p.m. Oh my gosh. But you know what? That just so, shows like what kind of horsewoman you are and like what kind of horse owner you are. Like you're not in it just for that. You're obviously in it to make sure your horse like gets exactly what he needs. Like it's about him. Like you know what I mean? For sure. No, yeah. and I do. I try not to, you know, take the extra runs. They only have so many. And I think that's a that's one thing my mom has definitely taught me is Mm -hmm. you don't make you know two runs of the jackpot just because they had a bad run you know they had a bad run you get a time only and you walk them through you don't Mm -hmm. go out there and and run them again and that you know keeps them from having the alley issues and the gate issues that you see yeah and so and it keeps them happy and healthy yeah. So I try my hardest not to run them multiple times, especially multiple times in a day if I don't have to. Yeah. Um. So it sounds like I'm just being selfish here and I just want to ask a personal question. It sounds like, well, so Moose, he's sometimes hard to get by a barrel. like, And then you said Ebby too, like in the same arena, sometimes after multiple runs. Um, she might get yeah, a little Abby more anticipating. Yeah, and Moose, they're very opposite that way. Moose is like, super steady coming into a barrel whereas ebby is like line you out halfway across the pen drop her shoulder and like knock that barrel into tomorrow okay so i have a mare that will do that so what is like what's your strategy with that will you just try to like you know maybe enter her in places where you just make one run that's like question part a and then part b is what is your favorite um bit for in a run on a horse like that yeah, so Ebby, I do definitely try to enter her in stuff that I don't have to make multiple runs on her. Yeah. Um, but one thing my mom's always, you know, taught me is 
to kind of get them out of something like that is you try to run them across the pan directly at your barrel and then move them out rather than holding them off all the way across the pan because they're so strong. Okay. There's no way you're yeah. going to hold them off. They work against you and then. And that's easier said than done. I feel like sometimes I forget that myself where I let her move out and she'll make that move out on her own too early and then she drops. Mm-hmm. So I do definitely, if I have to make two runs, I try to hold her to her spot as long as possible, run her dead at her barrel and let her move at last second so she's not dropping. Okay. And, but I've used a lot of different bits um, over the years. She's the one that, you know, only likes a bit once and only likes the expensive ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! But like there a is high a maintenance lot of girlfriend. Yeah. help with that. A high maintenance girl. She's my high maintenance girl. She's definitely built the bit collection. Moose has stayed pretty much in the same two bits since I've owned them, and Abby has about a hundred. <laughs> but um, the stabilizer bits—they will definitely help you lift up a shoulder and keep them centered, okay. so that. They aren't dropping and they're balanced. Um, so I've used stabilizer bits on her. Um, I've actually used a Rutledge Roper on her, which worked really well for a while. I find you don't get, um, sometimes they get a little bit heavy into a Rutledge Roper because it's got so much, um, so much base on it across the tongue that it's almost okay. too thick. Whereas, so you, can't lift one shoulder versus the other but it does keep them square so they don't draw okay but right now i run her in a fuzz bit by fred hunter um and his wife nancy hunter went to the nfr several times and he has a bit line and it is a longer shank two-piece twisted wire and I like that on her. I feel she gets a little bit softer in it. I don't know if I would necessarily say that bit helps to hold something up off a barrel if they're dropping in. But that's what I've been running her in for the last couple of years. Okay. Interesting. No, that's a few to check out anyways. Yeah, Thanks. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, we could go over your tack. What kind of saddle do you like to ride in? Do you use different saddles depending on the horse or... Is there a certain yeah. brand you like to stick to? Um, I've always loved a Rayleigh Racer. Um, and I had one through Ebby's maturity year. And then I, like the bits, I've swapped a lot of saddles just trying to stick with her. She's really hard to ride and stay with. I actually just about fell off of her at CFR in the second round. Oh, oh my dear. goodness. Um, I got out of my Rayleigh about probably in her first derby year and I bought my usher and so I ran her in the usher for two years and it just felt like it never got very good on her because she's fairly mutton withered hmm. but when I bought moose it fit him like a glove oh, and nice. I feel so secure in it it's what I definitely feel like I can sit back and if he were to go to bucking I have at least a couple jumps before mm-hmm. he's gonna get me and, and so that, i have an opportunity to pull him up and that one is your usher that's my usher okay yeah, yeah. oh and yeah so, they feel so nice yeah and so that's what i ride him in and i actually replaced my Rayleigh again in january so that's what ebby's in now is a Rayleigh. okay but i 
used to have a Rayleigh. Actually, this is kind of a cool story, too, but the Rayleigh that I used to have, Justine Elliott now owns, and that's what she won her Canadian championship is in my Rayleigh. Oh, <laughs> nice. That I sold her. But but it was a, uh, a Cheyenne role, and mm-hmm. so... Um, I felt like it didn't hold me in as well. And once I got into my pencil role in my usher, you know, I was pretty stuck with that. So I, when I got my Rayleigh, I got it with a pencil role as well. Cause I really felt like it held me in and that made a big difference with Abby. Yeah. It almost looks so, like yeah, the I've, pencil rolls. Like it looks like they kind of almost have a little bit of a higher back to them. Cup your yeah, butt. they do. Yeah, and they just yeah. kind of cup you and I sit way back. And I roll my hips forward and I find the pencil roll. You can kind of just roll your hips down into it. Yeah. Whereas for whatever reason with the Cheyenne, I just don't feel like it does quite the same. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what I like about the pencil roll. And then Moose is in a medium tree usher, which is a six and a half. Mm-hmm. And Ebby is in a blue tree. And I find my blue tree fits like everything. My three-year-old right now is in it and he's pretty narrow. And, uh, and, um, Abby's younger brother, I had him this spring as well. And, and he was in it as well. And so I find it fit everything. The usher hasn't fit everything. It's fit quite a few horses, but it doesn't fit the mutton withered ones. Whereas I find that the Rayleigh does. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's nice when they're versatile like that. Yeah. Yeah. Meg has a Rayleigh and it fit like I can put it on Barbie. She puts it on her horses and it seems like. Same thing, quite mm-hmm. versatile. I wonder if it's the blue tree. Yeah. Yeah, no. And they do, you know, they fit everything. And I like having a Canadian saddle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I actually had a tree break on me in Ebby's maturity year, and I sent it back to Travis at uh, Frontier. And he actually sent me a saddle for two weeks while he had my saddle to fixed. Use. So that oh, was really wow, cool. that's and, nice. That's yeah. Handy. So, you know, the customer service is just above and beyond. Yeah. And that so something like that, you know, too, yeah. it makes it worth buying a saddle from them when they look after you like that. Yeah, you know? no kidding. I don't know which guy it was, but Cole bought the hat off of his head there. He didn't have a hat that they liked or he liked at Frontier. And the guy's like, well, like, I have this hat that I'm wearing. I'll sell it to you if you like this. <laughs> like, I was like your broken yeah, in sweaty awesome. hat. <laughs> that's the one that Cole like, wanted? Yeah. <laughs> That's like he wants the boots from that guy at Farmers. I know. He likes, like, used (laughs) items. That's hilarious. I've actually (laughs) seen Terry Jones do that, sell the boots off of his seat before. I never understood that either. (laughs) So funny. That's already broken Uh, in. Yeah. Yeah, already broken in. So when it comes to fitting your saddle with different horses, how many different uh, pads do you have, like, um, do you have some thinner ones and some thicker ones just to min- ensure like a really good saddle fit for each of your horses? I'm like right now I'm like looking for a saddle pad, but I don't know what thickness I want. And I'm just like, I can't afford to get like four different ones. And like, no, yeah, the sure. quality, the high quality ones. So I'm like at a loss right now, what size I should get. That's going to be most beneficial for my saddle fit. No, you definitely want to pick something that's, you know, going to fit your horse. I, um, really like the five stars. And so I ride Ebby in a five star. That is the barrel racer pad. It's the 30 by 28. Um, and of course my Rayleigh is, um, a round tree. 
So it is a smaller saddle, but I found that my Usher fits with that pad as well if I were to put it on her. And it is a 7.8. I, I sell a lot of saddle pads, so I have a lot of experience with them. I probably wouldn't recommend a one inch to a barrel racer just because they're so thick. Mm-hmm. Um, I sell a lot of them to team ropers, and my boyfriend Cody is a team roper, and so he uses a one inch, and he also uses a one one and one eighth. Um, but for barrel racers, I definitely recommend like a seven eighth or a three quarter inch. Um, but I use that one, and then I also use a Woody's pad, um, and. Woody's and Three Forks have a very similar pad, and it is it is a one inch. But when it compresses down, when it actually compresses to your saddle, I would say it's closer to a seven eighth. And what I like about it is it actually has a contour over the withers. So any colts I put it on, I find it can enhance how my saddle fits because sometimes your colts don't have much wither. Yeah. So it makes my saddle sit up and me sit back in the saddle, whereas some of your pads make your saddle sit down on your colts, which is not a position you want to be in on them. Yeah. So that's definitely a saddle pad that, out of the two, I would probably almost look into, like, the Woody Three Fork saddle pad first, just because it does enhance your saddle fit on any horse, and that's what I run loose in is that pad. That's some really good information, especially with like, yeah, the thickness, because I'm always just like looking at the websites and I just want to like hit my head against the keyboard because I'm just like, I don't know. (laughs) I know what I need. Yeah. No, for sure. And you want something that's going to, you know, fit right with your style. Like when I went down to Vegas a couple years ago, I bought a saddle pad that I thought was similar to mine at the Three Forks booth down there. And it wasn't a barrel racer pad. It was a 32 by 32, and I thought it would be fine. But I found when I got it back, it was just too big with my barrel saddle. Yeah. And it kind of, because my horses are shorter back, it was almost too long. So I would definitely stick with a 30 by 30 or like a 30 by 28. For most barrel saddles. Yeah. Yeah, that's what most of your barrel saddles are. My Usher is like a bigger saddle. It's more square, but I find like a 30 by 30 fits just fine with it. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. That's some good info. info. Yeah. Yeah. You have all the info about the bits, the saddle pads, everything. I have to know it for my job. That's true. (laughs) Oh, question. This is what I want to know because I know Shelby's like really picky about this. You too, Steph. Um, your favorite you so you're running in split grains at the cfr and some colts some colt starting reins what are your favorite split reins <laughs> oh probably a seven eighths by eight feet and i want them to be weighted at the ends and heavily oiled yeah weighted mm-hmm. at the ends and heavily oiled okay heavy yeah. on the oil heavy yeah on the oil. really yeah. heavy on the oil <laughs> i get I get a lot of reins in that aren't oiled that I just hate when they aren't Cringe. oiled. Like I, <laughs> I prefer that they come to our store oiled. And I know like a lot of people oil their own reins. And Terry, he likes them not oiled because they don't get all over things. But if I had yeah. it my way, I would order everything 
from Berlin Custom Leather, all oiled. Really well. Yeah. Extra oily. Yeah. Well, I guess it is 1030 now, so <laughs> maybe we will start asking some wrap-up questions. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so Nadine's favorite part, maybe we should let you ask this question, Diener. While I scratch my ear. <laughs> um, yes, tell us your most embarrassing story ever. I feel like a little kid asking that question. <laughs> what is something funny that's happened down the road at a barrel race? Um, that's the same thing. So yeah, you know what I'm, <laughs> you know what I'm getting at. <laughs> I've had so many embarrassing stories, but I'll tell you one that kind of got a, a funny ending to it. So <laughs> I uh, I high school rodeoed and college rodeoed and I barrel raced and pole bended and goat tied and I had a really nice barrel and pole horse. So when I went to the college finals in 2015, um, there were three rounds. So I had nine runs to make throughout the weekend. And my very first run was a pole run. And I got through most of the pattern and bumped a pole going through. But my mare was real scotchy, and I had a hard time getting her by the last end pole. So I kind of pushed her up by it, and she stepped back and came around it, and I flew onto her neck <laughs> and, like, rode her neck all the way home. And oh my. the college finals was, like, sold out like CFR. They had it in the <laughs> Northlands, like, I right next that. to yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's like so that is big deal, <laughs> and I was beat up like so bad. I had my like feet elastics in. I had to like try and get my feet out of the stirrups like at the gate afterwards. Oh, no. Like oh, so embarrassing in front of the saddle, so, kind of on the way home. In front of the saddle, like racked oh. up the inside of my legs. I was so sore, and I still had Aww. to make a barrel run and a goat run that night, and then oh, six more runs the rest of the weekend. Oh my goodness! So. Not only was that super embarrassing, but they put a picture of me in the paper. <laughs> really? In the Edmonton paper. Oh, but the no. Best part, the best part was they put Kelly McLeod's name on it. Oh, no. They said, Kelly McLeod has a wild ride at the college finals. That's hilarious. Oh, that's hilarious. Do you have that picture? Like, can you take a picture and send it to I us? I do have that picture. Yeah, right. Anymore, but, <laughs> but Kelly, she now works for me at Jones Voice. That's and hilarious. And I bugger about it all the time. The funny thing is, Kelly and I really don't look anything alike. And I have a, had a sorrel horse at the time with a white blaze, and she had a Palomino paint. <laughs> so close. <laughs> they could not be more off. Yeah, no <laughs> that, kidding. That was definitely the highlight of it that they thought it was Kelly McLeod, not <laughs> no, me. That, that is so funny. Off. <laughs> so that's I a good one. Yeah. About that. That's a really good story. That's awesome. And funny, you guys end up working together now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, that was definitely embarrassing. I love it. I haven't had that kind of experience yet, and I really hope not to. <laughs> I wait didn't you get bucked off in a rodeo a i get bucked off all the time but i haven't rode the neck yet oh okay yeah that's a new one <laughs> i've done that but that was in a jump what I, literally what i'm picturing is like you know like the person that's like on the front of ships <laughs> titanic <laughs> that is lit with your legs tied back behind like with the stirrups and the oh elastics that's what i'm picturing in my head right now 
The worst thing is, if I had knocked that pole, I still would have won the pole bending that No. Night. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that would have been like just the cherry t- on top of the cake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a really good story. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, you bet. Um, so do you have any sponsors that you would like to uh, thank? My uh, sponsors were, you know, um, my pro team through the years. So my vet, she helped me out and mm-hmm. Murray helped me out, my chiropractor and, and Brenda, my sports psychologist and, and Perry, my boss, um, helped me out through the CFR and, nice. and Time mm-hmm. Ranch and Class Decline and Noble, they helped us out too. So without, without them, we wouldn't have got where we did down the road. So yeah, yeah. So no, they, they were a big part of our team all year. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking like this couple hours out of your mm-hmm. evening. This episode was bomb.com. The it made me miss love it. podcasting I so know, much. Me too. I'm like so glad we yeah. got back into it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to have to remind me again nope. how, to, how to get out of the got it. You, you gotta... said you've been listening. I've been listening. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> okay, Tana, can we get you to take us out of this podcast? You bet. Die hard or ride trying. <laughs> yes. We'll put that on a t-shirt and call it the Tana special. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. 